Good divine dolls. So I'm figuring out my patterns. I think where I was able to put more podcasts up was when I did it in the night. I'm more of a night owl, but I'm trying to play with everybody in the day. And so that means that when it's nighttime, now I'm sleeping. Um, and so then I'm having to push my podcast into, into the week and stuff, which is funny because when I was a baby, my mom would say like they would, they were both working professionals and, um, they would come home and then that's when I would, they would wake up and they would play with me. And so it's like, I'm trying to adjust my schedule to where all of my fun people and everybody who's doing stuff is, you know, out and about in the day and stuff. And I'm thinking like, I wanted to record on the weekend, but I'm going to be busy on the weekend too. Probably going to have to push my stuff to Sunday, but you kind of going to see on the title. Um, I think I'm going to say something along the lines of um, green light uh, if your quote unquote divine masculine is one of these narcissistic personality disorders, you have met your twin flame. Congratulations or something along the lines. I am working on my notes for, um, the podcast I want to do. I said Saturday, but I think it's going to have to be Sunday or Sunday night. Like I said, I think what's happening is I'm really busy in the day. And so nighttime is where it's like, if I can get it in before I fall asleep, that's going to be the best. So I was looking through my notes. Let me put on my timer here for 25 minutes because I'm going to go to a different tab. Um, and so this is going to be kind of like supplementary information leading up to that conversation. I am going to ask questions. I'm trying not to be judgmental. Um, understand as I'm putting on the timer here that my um, this is part of my calling, right? So um, let's put it at 25 minutes. Um, I spent some work looking at, you know, what my North node means and, um, I'm not going to go into all of it now, but my whole thing that I have to embody is making sure that my spirituality makes sense. Is it mathing? Is it practical? And when I say it, does it make sense? It not only has to make logical sense, it has to make sense as in dollars, Right. One of the things I want to also kind of maybe spend the time to reiterate in future messages, just because I understand that it can't come across petty, is um, I have to deal with what petty means to me. Um, I saw what happened when I was dealing with, quote unquote, what it means to be ruthless, right? But that's when I think of fighting for something, I think of ruthless, right? And so I had to deal with what it means to see um, a warrior as being masculine when really Athena, goddess of wisdom and war, is just so feminine and so soft and in the dress and in her in her temple, right? And doing things for the betterment of the community in, in Athens, Greece or Acropolis, y'all. I promised I was going to get that. And so here I am, you know, one of the things behind the scenes is kind of like, to me, why does telling the truth feel petty? That's what I feel like. And understand that I grew up super shy and talking or expressing yourself meant that you're rude and um, and whatnot. So I will hold on to that term of petty. But at the end of the day, it's really not. Um, it's just exploring what does the truth mean? What is veracity in the age of Aquarius? And, and so if you're going to explore the truth, you have to ask questions, right? So with that being said, I understand like to me, 
I was supposed to be seen and not heard, um, not ask questions, um, and um, really speaking up or questioning things was really frowned upon. So that's why I kind of say that I feel like I'm being petty, but I just want to get down to the truth. And I think that when you look at this, it's going to make your jaw drop. But I'm going to say, um, if you want to manifest a twin flame, then look for one of these seven characteristics. If the person that you are in a relationship with, you know, and it's been dragging out, um, there's going to be the ghosting, the orbiting, you're probably going on three, four five years of separation. You're definitely on the twin flame journey. Um, but I'm going to describe if this sounds like you're um, the person that you think is your quote unquote divine masculine, then congratulations, you're on the twin flame journey. Um, but um, yeah, let's get into it. So um, the overtype, if you're if the person that you are attracting, and we're going to talk about this on Saturday or Sunday, if the person you're attracting is um, known as grandiose, narcissistic, um, typically think when they talk, uh, okay, it says known as grandiose narcissism. This is what we typically think about when we talk about a narcissist. This person is extroverted, grandiose, aggressive, and attention-seeking. They can be very charming and typically expect special treatment. They can be predatory in their ability to see vulnerability in others and use it against them. They are highly competitive and are willing to humiliate others in order to perceive to gain a perceived win. Y'all, listen. All right, let's 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 keep going. And as I'm going to that tab, oh, let me start my timer. Because um, I got a little bit of a disruption. disruption. You know, it's going to be really important that judging, not judging, right? But um, I would say listen and see if he matches. What did I do with that tab? If, if he matches that personality type, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more on, um, oh my God, did I close? Oh, here it is. I know what it is. Okay. Here it is. Is, um, if, if that's who you're attracting and we will talk about this on over the weekend, you're going to, this is where the fun, fluffy, you know, sunshiny, rainbows and Skittles parts come in. You're going to have to ask yourself why, um, why you're attracting that. Um, And so if anything, I'm going to leave you with a lot of questions. I actually think that if you're on the twin flame journey, in many ways, it's going to help people double down and really stick to their guns and really say like, this is my guy. This is my twin flame. This is who I'm in it for. Right. So let's go. Now, if, if the person that you think is, and I want to say this too, instead of having to make a sarcastic comment every time I've kind of said it before, but for the purposes of this podcast, to me, I feel like the name Divine Masculine is getting dragged through the mud. Like, I think that um, the way that the Divine Masculine is being sold, sold and packaged and bundled to the masses is despicable. Um, I want to say that I, in my opinion, okay, um, the Divine Masculine is someone who is already out here. 
Um, he is that person that is in your community, ambitious, driven, um, making a difference in the community. Um, if I didn't already mention mission oriented, he is emotionally available and vulnerable. He, it brings order and structure and he is, um, uh, emotionally intelligent. So he's not going to make, you know, and, and we talk about things like, you know, who makes you feel a certain way or it's your self-esteem. So they can't make you feel that way. But, um, I think that the true or authentic divine masculine is going to understand that there are repercussions to ghosting or orbiting um and so and so but now that i've cleared that up let's go if the person that you are interested in is a covert type this is how he's going to look sometimes referred to as narcissistic vulnerability this person tends to be passive aggressive but can come across as very helpless that's a word that you hear a lot coming up on the in the you know twin flame oracle stuff or uh, very helpless so if your masculine has been coming across like very helpless it's possible that he's a covert type okay tends to present themselves as victims okay and um, are quick to cry or stage a crisis to gain attention. They also tend to struggle with anxiety or depression. Um, and I think that what I have been seeing is coddling from the tarot readers that deal with the, with that content of this type, of the covert type. I don't think that there's a lot of smoke for the overt type. He's out there. He's highly competitive. But the thing is, I love these descriptions because we can come back and revisit what this means. Because what remember what you do in one area of life, you're going to do in others. Um, this means that you're going to probably stay in a job where you have a highly competitive boss and you're willing to continue to stay there and allow them to humiliate you in order to get a perceived win, right? Um, the, the attraction to the masculine is just an opportunity to, for you to figure out how you view life and then look at how it spills over into other areas of your life, right? All right, so let's find out if your boo thing is the hypervigilant type, okay? Is this your masculine? This type of narcissist tends to be highly sensitive to body language, facial reactions, tone, and reactions of others. They tend to take things personally and be hypersensitive to criticism. They are prone to feeling shame or humiliation and can be self-effacing. So this is the type of person, I've been around these type of people where they're like, I'm dumb. Now this type of person actually <laughs> kind of reminds me so, is that they, um, that and also they also seek for a validation. I'm going to see if that comes up in, in another um, type here, but I would say the right foot is the self-effacing, meaning that they're always putting themselves down. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. No one loves, likes me. I'm so retarded. I would say that's the right foot. The left foot would be um, seeking validation. Do you think I did a good job? How did I do? Like, did it, right? Um, but we'll see. Um, so your masculine is going to be prone to feeling shame or humiliation and can be self-effacing. They can likely um, are likely to direct actions toward others and prefer not to be the center of attention. That's that's a doozy, right? Because sometimes we like to play up, you know, that uh, it, it's okay to be 
hide from the the limelight, right? That this is interesting because I think the stage that I'm in right now is really funny, but I'm really not that into like masculines. I like how they look. Like today, I was on Instagram. I went on for the first time in like three weeks, and the first thing that popped up was this like freaking fine man. He was um putting together a healthy meal and he put it in a in a pineapple and baby right so I think that I'm physically attracted to them but the energy I'm in right now I I just don't I'm not looking for a relationship but what fascinates me are all of these behaviors and what do they mean in the people around us and how do we you know, are those things that are a part of me, part of people around me? Why do I tolerate it? Why do I entertain it? So just bear with me because this is actually very fascinating for me. Um, right? And, and and in many ways, it's, it's really kind of not as much as I'm talking about masculines. I'm really fascinated with the with the behaviors behind it at this point. Right? Because I'm going to try to move on, but it's fascinating to me that um, I'm going to link this article in the description, in the description. This is according to a therapist. So they've done the work. It's like, what, why is that a shadow side? Why is preferring not to be the center of attention, a um, shadow side? That's, dude, that's going <laughs> to, that's going to get me tonight. Wow. Okay. So is your masculine, the ob- oblivious type? This is where I'm just going to replace the word narcissist with masculine. While most masculines are unaware of the feelings of others, this type is known for being completely lacking in awareness and sensitivity towards others. And you hear that a lot when they talk about, you know, the, 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 the masculine. He's just not aware. He's not sensitive to others. He just doesn't know any better. Um, they are missing the sensitivity chip, right? They are self-absorbed, and I highly do believe that. I think that anybody who loves you, like one of the worst type of people to be in a relationship with is someone who's self-absorbed. Like, I have feelings too, right? Um, And for me to actually say that, I've come a long way, (laughs) right? Because I actually was, like, my first boyfriend, no hard feelings. I don't really talk about him a lot, but he... um, he was a Leo and he loved to be the center of attention and I loved having him be the center of attention, right? First boyfriend. So that kind of gives you what I'm programmed or primed for. And so but for me to get to the point where it's kind of like, I like to be, you know, recognized too, right? But um, this divine type of masculine is self-absorbed. It can be arrogant. And this is funny. Oh my God, this is crazy. I love, to me, I, I listen, I like people who are confident, but I guess what we're going to try to deal with in the future is language between shadow sides and light sides. I like somebody who is confident, who has swag. And so what does arrogant mean? Y'all know I'm going to try to resist the urge to Google what that means because like that's going to shed a lot of light. They can be aggressive and need to be the center of attention. So the one before is prefers not to be the center of attention. This one, oblivious type, needs to be the center of attention. 
masculine number five, the exhibitionist type. So this masculine has a need for constant attention. It's like a bottomless pit for these people. They think they are better than others physically and intellectually. Ooh. <laughs> they look down on others, even their family and friends. They are very status conscious and materialistic. Hmm. They think they are very special and have an enormous need to be admired all the time. So this one is interesting. Listen, if you know me, then you know. Um, and so then, like I said, when we're going to talk about this over the weekend, why are we, why is that our vibrational match? Is it a vibrational match? Is that really what we want? Why are we entertaining that energy as being our vibrational match is what I'm asking. Um, the sexual type is masculine number six. The sexual n- narcissist feels entitled to have their sexual needs met. They have a self-centered view of sex and tend to not be skilled at emotional intimacy and therefore are not interested, very interested in their partner's needs. So this one, he's laying down the pipe. He's just like getting it in. He knows how to touch you, where to touch you, when to touch you, how to whisper in your ear, how to nibble on your ear and all of that, right? But, um, oh, wait. I was talking more about the emotional intimacy, um, but um, they have a self-centered view of sex. Mm, and so then this is kind of like your pump and dump type of person. Um, entitlement. We've been seeing that a lot. We've been seeing where, and this, this is very much practical everyday things you will see that guys will get very upset if you don't give them your number or they feel that if they try to holler at you and you say no thank you or something that's when they start to get violent and aggressive right with you this is very real everyday 3d stuff it says they frequently over ooh, ooh, drag them drag it says they frequently overestimate their skills in bed because they're not very tuned into their partners. So listen, when I tell you, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. I was thinking because it said very self-centered view of sex. I was thinking that they would know how to lay down the pipe, but according to this therapist here, right, they're saying that they actually are not very tuned into their partners. So they actually don't know um, how to arouse someone and they really don't care. This is from the therapist. I'm going to link the put the link in the description, but it's actually the opposite of what I said. And understand, this is part of the learning process, right? If something I say, you know, doesn't sound right, research it. You know, you need to start to explore for yourself. Um, um, I'm just a vessel just as much as you learning these type of things. I misinterpreted what that meant, but it says here, it says they frequently overestimate their skills in the bedroom because they're not very tuned into their partners. So they, um, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, I don't even, I want to make fun of that, but like, damn, that's freaking crazy. That I I had said one of the other types up there before is kind of like bad to date, but this is a bad one. Like Scorpios, we part of our nature is sexual. Like I listen, that'll be a problem. It says yet they need and expect a lot of ooh, and then now you can't no, 
Oh my God. I'm sorry, you guys. So it says, yet they need and expect a lot of praise for their performance in bed. Mm. They react poorly to sexual rejection. Listen, that is a nightmare. I feel bad for women who've had to go through that. I've heard the stories like, you know, ooh, I'm just still, who, who wrote this article? Let me come back to this. Dr. Jen Mann. Listen, the way she wrote that, like, <laughs> Is cracking up. She said they frequently overestimate their skills in the bedroom because they're not tuned into their partners. Oh, I need to keep keep it pushing. Keep pushing, sis. Come on. It says they expect sex in oh oh. So I think that um we were talking more about the masculine, but it's about to get into the feminine too. Although I do men do know men that I like this too. It says they expect sex in return for gifts or nice gestures and will pressure, trick, or manipulate you into having sex with them. And I actually um, can see, I think that people, I wanted to talk about this, and um, but that, that vibrational match, those type of people, I can understand why they attract each other. Um, because this is actually talking about the masculine and the feminine, um, the type of man who leads with his money. I wanted to talk about that topic. I just haven't, I don't have enough material to cover it yet, but, um, the type of man that leads with his money, um, is going to attract the type of woman that, uh, (sighs) who attaches her worth to the type of gifts that they give. I am not saying that I don't think that men should give nice gifts. Um, And I want to deal with all of the nuances of what those things mean and why it's high vibrational. Like when I think about three, five years down the road, when I start dating again, I've come to understand that my um, counterpart is going to have a lot of nice things. I've already shared that. I like when they tell me the stories about how you got the Bentley, how you got the mansion, how you got the, for me, it's about hearing the stories. Um, It also speaks to you commanding, you know, things around you and being able to manifest and level of consciousness. Um, But I think that that my counterpart is, it's going to be so much fun because he's not going to lead with those things, but it's going to be very evident. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun conversations about that. But yeah, I'm going to, um, and, and I'm giving myself time because I really want to talk about this. There's, um, this is going to be perfect because when we talk about chess, there's the shadow side and the, and the high vibrational side. So I think what happens is sometimes we get so caught up on the extremes, right? And so it's like, well, if you, um, only expect gifts you're a prostitute and then we go to the other extreme where you're just giving away your milk for free and you know they don't value you and they're just going to use you and they're not even going to like cherish you or give you or show you any of those type of things very triggering language right but um yeah okay seven minutes all right um, and so this, this sentence right here is really packed because it says expect sex in return for gifts or nice gestures. So they expect sex in return for nice gestures. 
Like that's really low vibrational. Like forget the gifts. They're just trying to be like, if I give you nice gestures, you should be giving me sex in return. And then here are the other words, pressure, right? Trick, manipulate, having sex with them. They feel entitled to have, have sex elsewhere. If you, ooh, just that cheating energy, boo. And we're going to talk about that on Saturday. Did you manifest this person cheating on you? Did you attract this type of person? Do you deserve that? Okay. They feel entitled to get sex elsewhere if you do not meet their sexual requirements, regardless of your agreement about monogamy. Did you manifest that? It says, regardless of your agreement about monogamy, did you manifest this person's sense of entitlement to go get sex elsewhere if you do not meet their sexual requirements? Okay. And so this is funny too, because um, a lot of, you know, I had the last two relationships I had were back to back cheating, right? Um, One of them, he, yeah, let's, I'm not going to go there, but um, did I manifest this type of person and why did I manifest that type of person, right? We're going to talk about that on Saturday. The malignant type. This dangerous type of personality disorder is really a cross between narcissistic personality disorder and what we shrinks call antisocial personality disorder. Now, that's interesting. Antisocial personality disorder. Ah, I can, I already feel like this is going to be homework for me. Um, I'm going to do the research and I'm going to, if, if, I probably will have to come in here and fill in that gap. So when we have our conversation on the weekend, then we will be on the same page, but something is telling me I need to also look into antisocial personality disorder. Is that going to be your masculine? If I read down those traits and, and characteristics, am I going to be describing your boo? Am I going to be describing your twin? <laughs> All right. So it says this means that they have no ability to feel empathy and empathy is so important. I, um, I think that part of me being petty is I'm able to see things from the other person's perspective. Um, I've actually talked about how with one of my, my Scorpio ex, I understood why he didn't directly apologize to me for cheating. He apologized and he said like, um, he had written me this letter on email and he said, I'm, he used the words, I'm sorry. And, you know, um, over and over, but he never outright said it. But I had gotten to the point where I understood that very few people, if any, ever get an apology. Um, and so, but I understood because the Scorpio side of me, in many ways, if anybody was going to be my twin, it was going to be him because um, he really showed me a lot of my strengths. Um, and and with that, I understood his ego. One of the things, don't ever get it twisted. We have big egos. Like, you know, so for me, it's very hard to apologize. So it's easy. Like you can hear it. It's easy for me to empathize. But I think that um, one of the things that really is not talked about on the twin flame journey is the um, masculine really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He does not care how you feel. He does not care if you are crying your tears on the pillow. He doesn't care about, you know, 
what it feels like about abandonment. And this is the type of person, like if you're looking to build a family with this person, he's not going to give a flying monkey's ass about what your child feels when he's not showing up for Christmas and for birthdays, right? Because whatever he does to you, he will do to his child, right? But Anyways, here it says, they have no ability to feel empathy. They are um, what pop psychology calls a psychopath or sociopath. Damn, I wouldn't use those words, but okay, go ahead, Dr. Uh, Man. So it says, these aggressive, hostile, paranoid people are sadistic and dehumanizing to others around them. Many experts believe that Adolf Hitler was a malignant, narcissist this is the most dangerous type of narcissist and if you think you are might be dating one run for the hills um it says this type of person will hurt you physically emotionally financially sexually and not bat an eyelash or have any remorse so with that being said i think part of what concerns me a little bit is that's where the coddling behavior comes in. That's where you think that you can love this person out of those type of things, especially with the last one. And you're going to hear the words like sadistic and not, he doesn't have feelings because he's a boy. He hasn't been taught to nurture his feelings. He doesn't understand. He didn't have a loving family. Listen, listen, Divine feminines did not have that luxury either. We didn't have someone to tell us, you know, I've talked about this. As much as I know that my mom loves me, right, and my dad, as much as the people around me I know love me, they weren't telling me this is a loving relationship or this is what you should look for in a husband or giving me guidance and counseling. No, (laughs) right? So the whole idea that, you know, the divine masculine is just someone who has gotten no resources and no guidance. Listen, divine feminists is in these same streets. It kind of reminds me of, um, and you see this a lot with, with um, when you talk about slavery, like there's a lot of conversation going on right now where divine masculines were the only ones who were being buck broken and divine, and the divine masculines and black men were the only ones who were being brutalized and put this, listen, Women were out there too. We was picking cottons, picking cotton. We were being tied from two different horses and having our legs torn apart by horses going in different directions. We were giving birth to our babies and having them thrown to like we were there. Like we's in these streets too, right? Like the same way you're not getting, you know, and. Part of the other thing, too, is for me is, you know, at some point you have to have in real life experiences. Where else in life can you decide that you don't want to show up for your job for three months at a time? Right. And it's like, and this is why I say, like, they don't really care. They don't give a F because they will. They will, um, they will understand that there's responsibilities and they have to maintain a certain level of respect or modicum of respect, and they will show up to job to the work, even if they don't want to, right? But um, that's where I think I was talking about that one personality type. 
but it's okay for them. And you have to ask yourself why. I'm going to say if your masculine fits one of these, congratulations, you're on the twin flame journey. And maybe part of the thing that I think is not talked about it is, um, who I might give away a little bit of it, but I'll, I'll go for it. If you want to come back and join me on, on the weekend for it, then do it. But you kind of wonder like, why did people drink the Kool-Aid in Jim Jonestown, right? In Jonestown. What kind of state of mind did they have to be in to be so vulnerable to where they got to that point where they drank the Kool-Aid? And I kind of think that that's how it is with the twin flame journey. How did you get to this point where you, I, well, and I do talk about it a little bit. I have it in my notes here, but it's because you're seeking. And so I would tell you to continue to keep seeking and ask yourself, why are you gravitating towards those things? Um, and like I said, some of you are really going to double down and that's okay. Uh, I wanted to, I've, I wanted, I was going to say this at the beginning, but I want to close out with this. I'm going to say there's no right or wrong answer. And here's why. And it's going to shock you, right? One of the most beautiful things, um, I'm going to do a podcast on it so that you have the thumbnail for the visual effect, but I'm going to show a picture of a carrot of, of a diamond and it's going to be the drawn version. And it shows like all of the prisms at the top and all of the cuts. And so what I have come to understand is each one of us is a facet in that diamond, right? And so I'm showing you how I am processing these conversations from this facet. And because you're different and you have a completely different um, soul chart and natal chart, you're going to reflect back to me what it means to to show unconditional love with a lot of um, air and water and earth and fire in your chart. And then the person on the top, their cut is going to show you, you know, what this journey means to them, um, you know, and, and so then now we have 12 different facets and we have, diff, you know, different combinations of moons and Venuses and Mars and communication styles and we're all expressing it. And so Age of Aquarius is all about ex- freedom of expression, right? Um, and actually Florence Chauville, uh, Shin, Shin, Florence Shin, um, that's one of the three things that she mentions is important is um, freedom of expression is so important, right? So um, it's okay if you double down. It's okay if you create content where you're reflecting back to me and saying, this is why I'm staying in the game. This is what unconditional love means to me. This is why I choose to love this masculine. I'm going to have some thought-provoking questions for you um, over the weekend. And I want you to engage with that. And if you are at a place where you can create content to reflect the answers to those questions, then by all means. So I understand that I'm Virgo North Node, and this is how I engage with the information. And you are now going to show up in what that means to you. And part of your expression is who you love and who you keep in your circle, right? Um, Some of you might be, you know, might resonate with me and decide to jump off the bandwagon. And that's okay. And some of you might decide to, you know, buckle up, buckle in heart and get ready for the ride ahead. And that's okay. 
Okay. So, but I want us to just think, and that's part of my, what I'm sent here to embody and making sure that it's practical. Does it make sense to me? And does it make sense in dollars? Right. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, until the next podcast, peace.